This is episode 20 of the Feed Your Soul with Kim podcast. Today we talk about a well-lived life. We talk about the ways you live your life and how that can affect how you feel about yourself and actually how you feel about food. We'll talk about what are the various areas of lifestyle, understand how we can make more conscious choices in our lifestyle, and as always, come away with a doable moving you towards creating a lifestyle you deserve. Let's get started. This is the Feed Your Soul with Kim podcast, and I am Kim McLaughlin, your host. I'm a licensed therapist, inspirational coach, speaker, best-selling author, as well as a mother and a wife. I help people feed their soul by helping them put food in its proper place as nourishment and find other, more functional ways to nurture themselves. Today, I'm calling our podcast A Well-Lived Life. Because I want to focus on what I call in my book, Feed Your Soul, Nourish Your Life, a six-step system to peace with food. I call it lifestyle. And we've talked before about the six core components to feed your soul, physical, emotional, mental, lifestyle, mindfulness, and self-love. Lifestyle is a pretty huge topic when we really look at it. And it really is lots of areas that affect all of our lives. And it really has an effect on eating that we often don't talk about. Why I wrote about this in my book is I noticed that when we talk about dieting or overeating, that lifestyle is really one of the components that doesn't get talked about much or it's more given the idea that just do this or just do that rather than starting to understand how is your lifestyle affecting how you feel about yourself, having peace with your life and also peace with food. In the book, I have a quote about lifestyle where I say that it's really how we live on a day-to-day basis. And they're all the factors that come into play that don't focus on food, but have an effect on food and how much we eat and why we eat. You know, food is that 24 hour a day, 365 day a year concern. And there are a lot of areas that affect food that are just part of the daily life that I don't think we always pay attention to. And that's why I want to have this podcast. And that's actually why I wrote the chapter in the book. Because we have to look at these areas. The areas are routine, family, friends, vacations and holidays, exercise, work. And what I realized is when I looked back on my book and was thinking about this podcast, one area that I want to add in my next edition of my book is relationships. And by that, I mean intimate relationships. When we talk about family, I really want us to think about the idea of the family of origin and what that plays out in how we feel about ourselves, how we feel emotionally about ourselves, our ideas of self-love, and then how that all shows out in food. And when we talk about intimate relationships, I'm talking about somebody you're dating, you're in partnership, you might be married to, it might be an ex-spouse or ex-person you were coupled with as well as your kids and your adult children. So when we get started talking about this idea of lifestyle and a well-lived life, I think the starting spot 
can be routine because it's something that's really in our face every day. And we can either walk around those 24 hours unconscious about what's going on, or we can be more conscious about what's going on in the day and how that routine affects us and how we feel. The routine, really, if you look at it, is all the 24 hours of the day. You know, it's it's from the time we wake up, all the things that happen throughout the day, the time we go to bed, but also it's that space in between where we're asleep and how do we use our sleep hygiene and are we able to sleep the night through? So really routine is 24 hours a day. And when we look at it, the routine can have a huge effect on how we feel about ourselves, how we feel emotionally, as well as how it all shows up in food and eating throughout the day. When we look at that routine, there can be a lot of things that we do automatically in terms of when we eat, how much we eat, what we do during the day. And we can go through it really unconscious and kind of like routine, but an unconscious kind of routine. And that can get us into trouble. So what I want us to start doing is looking at that routine in more of a conscious way. How do you wake up in the morning? How do you get ready in the morning? What meals do you have? How do you get dressed? Going to work, what you eat during the day. Do you use television or social media as a way to get through the day? How is it at work when you're at work or at school? And how do you get ready for bed? And how do you work with the people around you? These are all parts of the routine that come into play that can affect how you feel about yourself. Some questions that can help you start to look at that routine and see what's going on is start looking at how do I wake up in the morning? Do I wake up upset? Do I wake up scared? Am I thinking about all the negative things that are going to go on through the day? Do I wake up thinking about food or feeling dread? There's a lot of ways that we can wake up that really can have an impact on the rest of the day. Also, how do you engage in your daily hygiene, your personal hygiene, and Are you really giving it the attention that you want to give it? How is it in your routine? Do you have meals? Do you have meals at specific times during the day? Do you eat certain foods that are always the same? How do you get to work? Is it always the same way? Do you have kind of this, do you kind of go on autopilot to get yourself to work and uh, autopilot while you're at work and then come home the same way? Here's some other questions asked just about food as you move through the day. Do you skip meals? Do you overeat at the end of the day? Do you eat sweets throughout the day? Possibly you eat sweets to keep yourself a little bit more awake or to feel good during the day. Are you dieting? Are you using caffeine to avoid eating? Do you eat standing up or in front of the television? These are a lot of questions that look at food in terms of the routine. And there are so many others we could have. I was I just wrote in my notes that we also could talk about sleep routine and eating routine and hygiene routine. And those will be all separate podcasts. But just start thinking about how do I move through the day and is it working for me? And does it set me up for success? Or does how I move through this routine throughout the day, does it maybe set me up for failure, which means I'm not feeling good about myself? One of the things I was thinking of for myself when I was looking at routine is I've recently been thinking about the morning and how I get up in the morning. I used to be a person who would 
kind of who would set the alarm and then hit the snooze button. I would go set hit the snooze button, hit the snooze button. I was often um, really running around late because I allowed myself to keep snoozing throughout the morning. And that wasn't really good for me because I felt upset about myself. I didn't like that I was then rushing throughout the day. Now I have a nicer routine where my daughter gets up, she comes in, she's 11 at this point in time. Well, she'll be 11 in a month. But she comes in and we lay and we talk about the day and we talk about the day before and we just kind of get connected really quickly. And then we get up and we start our day with breakfast and getting lunch ready and getting all uh, our clothes ready for the rest of the day. But it's really nice. For me, it's been a nice gentle routine of getting up and I've loved the connection in the morning. And so that's a new routine that I've been doing that I've really liked. And it's gotten me out of the habit of hitting the snooze and just going or trying to go back to sleep. It didn't really happen that I would sleep, but trying to pretend like I could go back to sleep. The next area when we're looking at routine is family. And as I was pointing out, it's really family of origin. And the people that you grew up with are people that are around you from a long time ago. And they can have a positive effect. They can have a negative effect. They can have a neutral effect. But I think it's really important to start considering what your family of origin, what the feelings about them and what's your, what's your lifestyle around being with them. What is that like? I've learned a lot about that through the therapy that I do with people and how your family of origin can have such an impact on how you view yourself and how you live your life. There's a lot we can learn from our family of origin about the feelings we have about them and in terms of how are those feelings affecting us today and how we think about ourselves and how we interact with them. This often comes up a lot around holidays or gathering time where a lot of family of origin feelings can start showing up. But I know there's a lot of people who see their family of origin on a more regular basis. And so it can be literally in your face more often. I think some of the things to look at in terms of family of origin, if we're going to focus on food and how it might impact you now, I think we can all agree that our family of origin may have had an impact on how we view food. And some of the questions we can ask ourselves are, what age were you when your family addressed your overeating or they talked about your weight? Were you given any guidelines about what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat? How much were they involved in what you ate? Did they have any issues with food or did they have any issues with weight? Or do they currently have issues with food and issues with weight? And how do you think those family of origin issues might have been passed down through food to you? I know these are a lot of questions and they're focused on food, which is part of what really our focus is about today. But these interactions are powerful and can give you some insight into what is going on for you today and how you're feeling about yourself today. One of the stories I talk about a lot and I've shared it on this podcast and I'll keep sharing it as we go along is the story of me and my family that you can really see when I was a kid that I gained weight between like seven, eight, and nine. And that was right at the time when my parents got divorced and we moved from Southern California to Northern California. And 
I could really see the weight gain. And what I know as I recall about that time is that there wasn't a lot of conversations about my parents being divorced or conversations about us kids and how we felt about it. I could see it showing up in food. I could also see that my obsession, my thoughts about food really kicked in back then. And it's clear to me that it was related to those feelings about, you know, abandonment and loneliness and fear and confusion that was going on back then that started this road to using food as comfort and using food as comfort around my feelings. So that's one way that my family of origin had an impact on me. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just stating the facts of what happened. So as I look at that and I can pay attention to it, I can then start being in more of a healing mode around how I feel about myself and that little girl that started to use food as a way to comfort herself when things got kind of tough. The third area when we look at this lifestyle is around friends. And friends can have a really significant impact on what you eat and why you eat and how you eat and when you eat. They can be, you can have this kind of go with the crowd kind of mentality when you're with them. That's actually been some of my history is that when friends have been dieting, I might go on that same diet because I felt a little jealous that they had lost weight or that they were doing something in particular. It was really hard when back in the day, it was hard to go out with people who were eating differently. And I would start to judge myself that I was not eating the way they were, and I felt like I should be eating how they are. The other idea of friends for me is the idea that friends can also be that support system to talk about how we're feeling in order to release those emotions that are going on inside of us. And they can actually help us figure out what to do about what's going around in our life so that we're not showing up stressed and we're not using food to take care of ourselves. For me, I have a friend group that's really been significant to help me work on overeating and to look at food differently. They came into my life at a really important time when I really needed a lot of support. And they've been there with me ever since, helping to support me. And they've helped me to manage my feelings in a more functional way. And they certainly have had a profound impact on my life. The fourth area that I think of when I think of lifestyle is holidays and vacations. Those are some of the things we're going to be talking about as we come into Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas. I will talk a lot about holidays. I've already had a podcast on vacations where we talked about how food and emotions get interplay during vacation time. Holidays and vacations can be some of the most difficult times around food. There's a gathering of a lot of people, including family members, some that are from the past, some are from the present, and there can be triggering moments, triggering people that lead you to feel uncomfortable or to just kind of really dissociate from your feelings and eat in a way to take care of yourself when really there are a lot of emotions going on in general about what's going on around you. There's a lot of buttons that get pushed and it can be pushed a lot during the holidays with those family members and it can really lead to struggles emotionally and make you feel really uncomfortable. This is where I like to go into these events, these kind of what can be really charged holiday events with an idea about how I'm going to handle it, a 
idea about how I'm going to deal with my feelings and really come in with some idea. I don't go in with an idea, or I used to when I was on diets, I should say. I don't come in with an idea about what am I going to eat, how much am I going to eat, but I think about how am I going to notice how I'm feeling? How am I going to notice how my body feels and what foods work for me and what foods don't work for me? And that has been really effective. But going in with a plan or start thinking about holidays is super important. So please stay tuned to our holiday editions as they come up because they'll be very helpful for you. The fifth area in lifestyle is exercise. And it's really another part of our lifestyle that we can be really unconscious about. And what I find is people often will not make it part of their lives. If there's been a history of dieting and over-exercising and being pushed to exercise because we think we're supposed to to lose weight, what I find is that it's more in the later part of our journey around food issues and learning intuitive eating that will then start looking at exercise and movement as a way of being more in touch with our body. When we've connected dieting to exercise, it then becomes tough to exercise and move because we think we're supposed to be dieting. And if we're not dieting, we're not going to exercise. I heard a term today that I thought was really interesting that made me think of all of you is the idea of being exercise avoidant, where we're avoiding exercising because of how it makes us feel. And I just want to put that out there that we can have that love-hate relationship with exercise And I want us to move into this idea of it being about movement and that we're physical beings in physical bodies and we need to move. That's why we have a physical body. And that movement is not about decreasing our weight or about having to be penalized because we've eaten so much that then we have to work out in a certain way. But it's really a part of moving this wonderful body that we have and feeling more of feeling more in touch with who we are through the use of movement. My story around exercise is that I have been really exercise avoidant through a lot of my life and I'll say honestly I don't like it very much when I think about it, but what I love is how I feel when I am involved in that kind of movement and how I feel afterwards. It takes a lot to get me there and I have to do a lot of um, coaxing of myself and setting up priorities so that I get to the gym and I do what I need to do to move my body. But I, along with many of the people I work with and probably many of you, have been exercise avoidant because of how connected it was to the diet culture. So when we look at exercise, I want you to consider, am I engaging in positive movement? Am I engaging in some kind of movement to feel more connected to my body, which also makes us feel more connected to our breath. And the breath is really part of that mindfulness that we talk about in our six core components. So think about that, that we can move into that idea of movement being positive and being important to us. The sixth area that I think about in lifestyle is about work and education. Sometimes we have more time spent at work or going to school than we have with our family or with our friends. And it's a place where food can get to be kind of 
complicated for us because of the timing of eating. It could be a different schedule every day. And it could be there are people that trigger the food or we're uncomfortable with the kind of work or school that we're in. And we're not then dealing with those emotions in order to not have food be the way that we take care of those feelings about work and education. I have lots of stories of being at work when I used to work for other people. Now I work for myself. But those stories were often of feeling that letdown about three o'clock in the afternoon where I just felt low and didn't want to be at work anymore. And what I would use is caffeine and sugar to lift me up so I could get through the rest of the day. And that was something that I did for a very long period of time. And it would just be at three o'clock, I would go get that sweet treat and caffeine in order to get me through the rest of the day. I have learned that that does not work for me anymore. And I have other strategies that I do because I've been dealing with the feelings I have corrected that idea of work being a place that I don't like because now when I work for myself, I get to make my own schedule and I get to do the things that work for me. So that helps me with not needing to have that sugar in the afternoon. And every once in a while when I do have that kind of thought of having it, I have some techniques that I use to check in to help me not get caught up in using food as a resource to deal with how I feel. Hi everyone, this is Kim and my book is out. Feed Your Soul, Nourish Your Life, A Six-Step System to Peace with Food is live. I recommend you get it. It has all my six components of feeding your soul as well as my own story. Pick it up now. You can find it on my website at feedyoursoulunlimited.com. Thanks. The last area that I wanted to bring up is the area of intimate relationships. As I said, this is one that I didn't have in my book and hadn't thought too much about because I included it in the area of family. But now as I've been taking out the concept of intimate relationships, I find that it's really an area that I want to address more and think about more because the dynamics in the intimate relationship come up in terms of how we engage with another person, how we feel about ourselves, and how these engagements lead us to feel about them. And this can be really complicated and difficult. When we have struggles in our most intimate person relationships, it really shows up in us feeling bad about ourselves. And it can often show up in a lack of self-love because we're not feeling love from another person that then we feel a lack of self-love. I see this a lot in couples that I work with in my psychotherapy practice where I watch them engage in a way that creates more difficult conversations for each other because of how they're interacting. And I would encourage you to start looking at who in my intimate relationships do I have difficulty interacting with and how might I interact with them differently And notice if there is a relationship between how you feel about those relationships, how you communicate in those relationships, and then how you end up feeling about yourself. I suspect you will find a strong correlation all the way around and working on that intimate relationship so you have better conversations, a stronger sense of love for the other, but also a sense of love for yourself, that you will feel better about yourself and peace with yourself peace with your lifestyle, as well as peace with food. 
At the end of every podcast, we have one doable. And today's no different because I think if we can have a doable, something that we do that's helpful to us, we start learning how to act in different ways. And I've given you a lot of areas that you could do something different in. And I encourage you to check one of those lifestyle areas and start noticing it. Maybe make some journal entries about it. I've given you some questions already that you could ask yourself and see which lifestyle area is tough for you and do one thing different. I like things like um, in a lifestyle area, if I'm not feeling good about myself, I might change my routine up. I love to do things like changing the way that I drive to school, the, the route I take to school or to work. I also like doing things like I sometimes use a different shampoo because it has a different smell and that just makes me feel a little different. I mean, you can see that they're really small changes, but they're changes in the routine that start making it more of a conscious decision about what you're doing. And then you're feeling more in touch with your body and feeling more in touch with those feelings and more in touch with yourself. This leads you to feel positive about yourself, which is the whole idea behind a new relationship with food and a new relationship with yourself. I thank you guys for being on this podcast. I know it was a lot of information. Stay tuned to more podcasts as we delve into each of these lifestyle areas more. And I just want to say, have a great week. Thank you for listening. Please go to our show on iTunes and subscribe. I'd love it if you could give a review and give us what I hope is five stars because I really want to get this information out to more people. I look forward to seeing you next week. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining us on the Feed Your Soul with Kim podcast. We come to you every Monday with fresh new ideas to help you end emotional eating and put food in its proper place as nourishment. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and review it and let us know what you think. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.